Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Is it summer yet, Dennis? It's least, definitely wait, wait. summer where I am. I was going to say, maybe it is down, down south. I should, mm-hmm, I should say mm-hmm. that when, when I'm trying to be facetious. But Yeah, uh, I don't know if I told this whole story, but I had some car troubles up in north-ish Texas near Dallas. Um, but I finally got my vehicle back uh, late last week and um, and moved on. I'm at a park near Houston. Um, this is actually the park I was at when I went to Johnson Space Center last year. Um, wow. You didn't make a return visit to see to see some shuttles. I could. I could. Um, I'm just here two nights because of scheduling with the... It's getting... Because the weather's getting nice, the parks are getting crowded. And mm, I didn't right. schedule any next stops because I didn't know my situation with my vehicle. So I'm here two nights and then uh, and then moving west for a little while. Um, but it, I think basically all this week, the high is, is like 80 or just above 80. You're, and, you're about ready to stay in a motel, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to do. I, <laughs> I got my car back Friday morning and the next Sunday yesterday was the absolute last day I could stay at that park. I was there for four weeks. That's the longest you've been in one place forever. Yeah, I mean, aside from, you know, at somebody's house, it's definitely the longest park, longest I've been in a park for by far. Pretty um, soon they were going to put your name on, on the mailbox. Yeah, yeah. You were calling your, your neighbors by their first name at this point, weren't you? <laughs> How's it going, well, Chuck? All the same. You were even yeah. emptying your your Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny... It's funny when I um when I had this this membership last year and I was moving every four days like I would see people and I would see that because we have a, a printout with the date you know our checkout date so they can come around and see um you know I don't know I guess if people stay longer than they're supposed to or whatever I don't know but I would see the dates and I'm like man those people aren't leaving for like a week and a half um <laughs> and and now I'm that guy like. In the time I was at that park in Lake Whitney, um, I saw so many people come and go. Like, it was your park at that point. Yeah, like were, I saw, I saw my neighbors set up, and then by the time I left, they had already been gone for a couple days. <laughs> um, did you did you stand outside with your uh, robe on and say shitter's full? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, like like the guy that lives there all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, of course, we have hookups for that. We don't, uh, we don't <laughs> do, dump, do, dump not, sewage not to get gross, but brain. does that like literally have like a tank hookup on the site type thing? I I know I've seen just general RV parking places like at campgrounds, but around here, but they're not like for big big ones. I don't think, or they don't have a lot of a lot ports. of state parks have have RV RV hookups. It's basically it's kind of hard to see unless you're looking for it. But like if you, if somebody has like a, like a septic tank in their yard, sometimes they'll have a, have an access port. It just looks like a pipe, like a, oh, I don't know, four or five inch PVC pipe in the ground. A pipe straight to hell. Is that what it is? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I assume it goes to a septic tank somewhere. But all of the, <laughs> as they call them, full hookup sites, so differentiated between those that are just water and electric, like they have a power box and a hose hookup, but no no uh, sewer. They call it sewer, even though where these parks are, I'm certain most of them are septic tanks. They're not right. in towns. But... um yeah, it's just like a pipe opening, and they're different styles. Like, some of them are metal and whatever. They're not all pl plastic. But um, it's got a cap, and you take the cap off, and then there's a, a flexible hose that you hook to the camper and then put, can, you know, it doesn't connect, but it's just like a um, the opening goes into that drain. Um, Gross. Yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> gross, but, you know, I wear gloves, and I really only interact with it when I set up. I'll hook it up when I set up camp. I actually didn't set it up here because I'm only here two nights. I'm like, well, I'll either dump the tanks when I leave or I'll just go, you know, deal with it at the next place because I'm not going to I'm not gonna need to after two days. Um, but, yeah, and there are there are like gate valves on the tanks. So it's not like they're open and stuff is just like, you have to go out there and, um, and flush it all. And it's a little, it was a little gross at first, but like, I also have a dog and I walk around with the little spool of, uh, uh <laughs> it's tiny, tiny little bags to, uh, true. That's true. To pick up after her. Um, like, that, like you're that's supposed worse. to. <laughs> I do I do often try to plan our walks where I will uh I will go to the dumpster before um mm -hmm. coming back to the camper so I can toss that little bag. I mean even it's tied up, but I would still rather just put it directly in the dumpster than put it in my tiny little trash can in inside the camper. <laughs> and and you've been listening to poop talk with me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that that was that, gonna that be our... wasn't on, that wasn't on the list. I don't, so I don't so many of our listeners have have tuned out already. They're like, I'm right. gonna go listen to a Bim Bam instead. Yeah. What what? Um, so you're still you're still in Texas and you're you're not sure. So you got a got a two night stay at the the campground equivalent of a motel. And uh, um, the, the furthest you've been out is is Texas, right? You're not gone further out west than that, right? Further or, west or, no. or north, I guess, right? You've not been in. Like the Dakotas or Wyoming, things like that. Yeah, my I've got I've got things booked up until um, the end of March when uh, our buddy Fox is coming to Bloomington. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll be in Texas a couple more weeks, and then I'm going to start meandering my way um, back through uh, I don't know Tennessee, Kentucky, and back up to Indiana. Um, but ju just the last week in March. Although with this weather, I'm like, I think I stayed in Texas too long. I forgot because I was, I was in uh, uh, Lake Whitney for so long, and that snowstorm came through. Right? I mean, it didn't really snow; it was like freezing rain. But it was so cold. I was like, well, it's winter. I'll spend a few more weeks of winter. But you know, here it is, February twentieth. Right? It's yeah. Uh, I mean, we live in the world of global warming, Dennis. February twentieth. It's, true. 20th. it's, it's true. summertime now. Mm -hmm. that's how this works i uh, know it's, war it's warm here worst my always my favorite thing uh is side-eyeing people who are like you know winter's over in in february and march and and then you just get blasted in april with 
extra snow drifts. Yeah, I I think that's what happens in Texas. It just happens like a month earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. We we uh, um, I'm this month has gone quick for me because of the whole jury thing. So it's kind of nice that that we're we're coming to the the end of this already, and it's already a short month. Um, Right. We're recording this on on Happy uh, George Washington Birthday Day, by the way. Uh, President's Day. Actually, technically, I'm going to do the actually, it's George Washington birthday, according to the um, the government, is what the, the official Okay, is. observed, just, observed, because yeah. my, my calendar says Washington's birthday is Wednesday. Yeah, that's his actual birthday. I, yeah. the, the only reason my, my uh, nerdy itself knows that is because was, there was an article on the radio today about it, how it was, it was, that, it was this, uh, that day, it was Washington's birthday, and then um, they mixed it with Lincoln's birthday, which is very close. And they sure. came up with this day. Um, but the, the, the official U.S. thing still says George Washington's birthday. Uh, but they just started calling it President's Day because it's, you know, all of them. Um, so we, I always thought it's a weird thing that, you know, we, we, we're celebrating all of the presidents, I guess, good and bad. And then some people get the day off which which is another really funny thing that we just get I did not get the day off work I still had to work no I didn't either at sc- uh, schools here in the, in the states most schools get out get out so my kids right. were out of, off school today but I still think it's funny that what what do they do to they're not like on on Martin Luther King day they're always doing like some kind of observance or go to a go to a rally or go to a oh a, sure a yeah, talk or something to, to learn you know um you don't have you don't have uh, days off or joke holidays like Valentine's Day, um, so so I, I get like Memorial Day. You know they got they got reasons like that. President's Day just feels like a, a freebie here, just a gimme. All right. Sure. We don't want to go to school in February. We need a day off. And mm-hmm. there you go. So anyway, my kids were home today and they they absolutely loved it. I I didn't realize that they didn't have it off until like Sunday afternoon. I'm like, oh. That would be nice to just not have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> but okay, sera, sera. Uh Anyway, um, what do we got to today? Uh, I know we're not going to talk about it because you've not seen it, but I went and saw Ant-Man this last week. Mm. Uh, and the, the new Marvel MCU. It, I, I will say that just general, not any real talk about it. Um, it's better to watch than Thor Love and Thunder. I mean, um, it's a low bar. Right, that's yeah, that's not. But I, I think that was the last big one, right? I think that was the last big one. Was sure, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and um, so it's better than that one, uh, but it's not like Winter Soldier or anything like that. Um, I, I'd give it a, a good above above average, you know, for for a personal thing. Um, the new the new villain is the the well, not the new villain. I mean, he was introduced in um, Loki, Loki. Uh, Kang. Okay. And he's gonna be like the big bad for for all Marvel, you know, going mm. going forward here for this next group of whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and so this is his like I guess officially second time being seen, um, and he he's uh, he's pretty good. Uh, uh, he's his they're down in the quantum realm, right? So everything's all weird, uh, weird looking. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's easy for him to look weird, and uh, what by that I mean look straight out of his comic book character. Uh, which is purple and greens, um, and and it's not it doesn't feel out of place. So uh, it's like oh that's that's interesting to to see 
this thing. I, I actually still find it a little funny that we had a purple villain in one of the biggest movies ever, and nobody really cared about that. Like, really? He's a per- big purple guy, like Grimace. Mm-hmm. For for Thanos, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I said I don't want to say thumbs up or thumbs down, but it's in the middle there, and we can talk more about it later. But it, it was fun to go to the go to the theaters and and watch it. We uh, a lot of it was all sold out. Um, I don't know where it sat on the money making uh, benchmark, but um, hopefully it finally took down Avatar off the top. I'm only hoping. Mm-hmm. Um. It, that movie, by the way, overtook his other movie, Titanic, last week. Okay. So he's number three. That dude makes too much money. Uh, let's see. Okay. That's Ant-Man. Um, oh, our movie today. Let, let's do our movie early today. All right. This week we watched Back to School. I picked a challenging one from you for you, didn't I? You, Dennis? you, you did. This was a this was a real a real thinker, some real <laughs> real uh, thinker. Uh, you know, nuanced, difficult <laughs> to to parse um, script and performances, and some some real heavy allegories. No, none yeah. of that is true. I had to really think about this one and and watch it two or three times through before I really understood the real meaning of it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was. Um, subtle of course um, we're being silly it's with Roddy dangerfield so yes i still yes. say i still maintain that this is his best movie i think i i don't know that i've seen him in anything else except caddyshack where he was a, a small part and i also don't remember much about that movie besides bill murray and the gopher stuff right that's really anything anybody remembers is that that's all they remember yeah um but yeah this is rodney dangerfield along with a real a real just surprising list of uh of supporting characters um i mean you've Especially got from the 80s all those all those people yeah you've got um sally kellerman who was on mash right hot mm-hmm. lips um uh very very young robert downey jr very young <laughs> he's so goofy isn't he he's he's so ridiculous um terry farrell right uh jadzia dax from deep space oh yeah Nine. yeah this is his girlfriend, love um, and somewhere, she talks so weird. Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. Um, this light, light kind of airy, right? Cadence. Yeah, she she talks like a like a female love interest in an eighties movie, basically. <laughs> yes, they had they had classes for this before you, you do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, somewhere was Robert Picardo, the doctor from Voyager. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't see that. So, there's so, there's. There's Polly from um, Rocky, the Rocky movies. He's the bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, um, and and of course the uh, the um, the secretary from Ferris Bueller, of course, yeah, is yeah. is is Ronnie Dangerfield's secretary. secretary. Um, uh, who else did I see? Oh, well, of course, um, the villain from Karate Kid. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Zabrik is something like that. Is that, is that? Uh, uh, Will Will Zabka? I've got the Zabka. That's his name. I've yeah. got the credits in front of me. I'm absolutely not pulling all these names. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he he's uh he's in the Cobra Kai. He's the main in the Cobra Kai show. Ned Ned Beatty is the is the Dean Dean Martin. That's such a dumb joke. They even so, acknowledge so it. 
like in the third act they're like dean martin he always calls him dean martin like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> when it says you know dean martin it was that robert downey jr comes in and says like dean martin wants to see you right away he just looks at the camera and says like dean martin <laughs> and then just walks away <laughs> um yeah so yeah this is uh i mean this was i obviously chose this one not for any like this is an amazing show you should watch it forever but but you know it's sometimes we'll have some long thinkers and some things we do and um, and I, and our list coming up has has some heavy movies, so I thought we'd throw in that's just completely fun, lighthearted, and you know that's something I think about movies as well is that it can just be doesn't have to have a beginning, middle, and end a plot. A thing. I mean, this one kind of does, but it you don't have to always get so caught up in everything. Yeah, right? sure. It can just be what it is. Now I don't know if now back in the '80s you would go pay and watch this in the theater because you couldn't you couldn't get it available on TV like we can now. Right. Um, but this is, this isn't something that a movie they make and put in the movies. It's no, no. A, a, a movie of this like production quality would, would be streaming. It would go straight, yeah, to straight, streaming. straight streaming now. But, but it, it is funny that this was a go to the movie theaters, sit down and, and laugh at it in the, in, in the big screen. I find that a little funny. Sure. Like that. Uh, but yeah, this is a straight eighties, Straight eighties uh, Saturday night, Saturday Night Live kind of comedy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Humor, that kind of stuff. As um, as we mentioned off the air, a lot of Dangerfield's lines were clearly just some of his jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you've if you've seen his stand up, it's just it's just him on stage rattling off joke after joke. Um, right. Just just nonstop. Um, and, and and this guy too. I I think I, it's something I really liked about this show is that um he plays a character like he plays this his dad who's super rich the one percenter mm-hmm. what what did he make it off like big and tall clothes or something yeah was his millionaires? T- tall and fat the store was uh subtitled which Correct. i noticed because in the opening uh sequence when they're showing the credits and they're showing the city like grow and and change over time they show the sign for thornton's tall and fat store at least a dozen times like the sign keeps changing but i'm like at some point are they going to change that to big and tall because that's not what it's called like nobody mm-hmm. calls a store tall and fat um, tall and fat <laughs> but they don't and then the of course the whole opening sequence is him at this ridiculous commercial and go into the office with the people all eating and all the people working for him are are large and i'm like what is this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um he he uh I, so so i liked that he has this he's is a character like he plays a character for sure like, exactly what it is like he's not yeah. it, it's not like some some act comedians that'll come on and they'll do their they'll do their bit but when they're not doing their bit it feels like they're reading lines you know sure. mm-hmm. he, he felt like he was like this is his normal character and then he just he also has these lines that he like like dad jokes basically the whole time yeah um, that, that he'll just put, you know, throw dad. They aren't dad jokes, but they're like, you know what that reminds of me of? Jokes. My ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, right. He'll do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and and so, but then he'll, he'll, you know, he'll have the character like his son come on and say, "Dad, you just don't get it." And he'll like, "What? I'm sorry." You know. So it's kind of like yeah. he just slips into that joke throwing person and then to a normal person, which is what Rodney Dangerfield did. If you ever watched him, like, this is really dating things, but like on the Carson show. He would have conversations with people just 
all the time where he's just talking and then he'd throw in his, his jokes. Cause he's got so many of them that it fits for any occasion. He'll, it'll just, you know, fire. Oh, this is a good joke for the, for the ex-wife joke. This is a good joke for the whatever joke. Um, and he just throws it in naturally in his conversation. So, so this works. He always was pretty good in these kind of movies because he could just fit, you know, as long as the director let him fit him in where he did, which this one did. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the cast, uh, they were there. I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. was the most interesting when he'd come on the screen. Sure. Because uh, he's weird as I'll get out. But um, mm-hmm. the, the son, the son was so weird. That, uh, that actor, he was supposed to be annoyed at his dad, but he just constantly has a resting, smiling face where mm. he's a huge grin on his face the whole time. Sure. Um, and I'm like, I think he's supposed to be annoyed with his dad, but he's just looking at Roddy Dangerfield and smiling really big <laughs> the, the whole time. And, yeah. and, and then, and then he, you know, the director forces him to put on the, the, the sunglasses and be all broody. Um, right. But yeah, I, the, some of the stuff was just um, trying to think like his relationship with the teacher is just, I don't say weird, but like, just complete nonsense, right? Yeah, because um, she's like, is she with the other the, with the the economics <laughs> right? teacher? Like, does he does he care? Is he like upset that she's hooking up with Rodney Dangerfield's character? Like, n- yeah, you're right. None of that was was uh, really. Um, like I don't know, thought through, or it was just like <laughs> it didn't make any sense yeah. whatsoever. The, the first time they hook up, she's like, he's waiting outside of her house to take her to dinner. The boyfriend, I think mm-hmm. it's boyfriend, and she's like, oh, is that tonight? Sorry, I already ate dinner. And he's like, I can't believe this. And she's like, have a good evening. And then Roddy Dangerfield comes up, says like a one liner about, do you wash the big cars or something like that? Yeah, and then walks he's, away. He's washing his little, uh, his little English car, and he's like, <laughs> right. you do good work. You walk, You ever try big cars? Because he rides her out in a limo, right? Yeah. And, then, and then he walks inside, and you're like, "What? What just happened here?" And then the yeah. next one, they're at a foot or at the dive meet, and he, she's sitting there with the boyfriend again. And then the Roddy Dangerfield stands up and goes, "Yo!" And then t- points her to go down, and he's like, "I don't can't believe what you've seen with that that with that guy." And she's like, "Oh, he's so wonderful." And she gets up and runs down to him, like, "Are they dating?" And then she's just running off with the guy that she just slept with. I don't know what's happening here. And she's his teacher. So Right, right. I mean, yeah. but they're the same age, or he's probably older than she is, but um But still they're it's his like, teacher. Like, like right? their their relationship, their chemistry worked fine for me because I'm like, obviously oh, yeah, yeah. she thinks he's funny, like the the Spartan yeah. danger field, like that makes perfect sense. But like whatever is going on with the other um with the other teacher made no kind of sense. <laughs> no, no kind of sense, but it didn't really have to, because you, you don't really think too much in this kind of thing, right? You're just no. sure. What, whatever. It's as long as the joke is being delivered on, on that type thing. Um, but I, I, uh, there's not a whole lot for me to say about this, except that it's funny. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I was ever like roll on the ground laughing, funny, but smiling, I guess throughout there was most a- of it. There was at least one moment I laughed out loud at. I'm not going to remember now what it was, but um, <laughs> something in the in the setup or the um, some part of it. I was like, he he his his line his jokes are. 
I, I, you know, some of these, they don't have them like they have nowadays, but uh, like behind the scenes things or when they talk to the director about how things went. Um, this is one of those ones with him, you know, you wonder, is he just on set, just riffing? You know, got, mm. he's got his lines and then he just riffs and then they let him go. Um, because like there's the scene when he, she, he wants to go to dinner with her and they're studying air quotes. Um, yeah. And she, she's like, oh, I can, I can do the, he says, I'll do the dishes. I'll do this or whatever. I'll do, you'd be amazed what I'll do. And then they get up and go, I'm like, that is, he just did a danger field joke, like right there. <laughs> that can't be in the script. Right. Right. Him and his, him and his big eyeballs. Um, but yeah, I, I said, there, there's not a whole lot to say. There's some, it's, it's a, I think it's one of Rodney Dangerfield at his best. Um, but as you had said, he doesn't have a whole lot of other things. Um, and once once his act, he did all his jokes, which he had a thousand of them. That's all there is to Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, pr- yeah pr- pretty much. I do have a little bit of trivia. Um, oh yeah. So when um, when which which time is because this happens twice, and I I don't think I it's definitely the second time, not the first time when they go out to the bar, and then there's this ridiculous fight where his one little. <laughs> chauffeur t- beats up the whole football team but um and he grips like a an aluminum a napkin holder or something yeah and crushes it right in his right. in his hand but it's later when they're having a party and the band is there um yeah. singing dead man's party um uh, danny elfman oingo boingo yeah it's it's oingo boingo um actually actually in the movie and uh that song which you know, I had just heard as one of their big hits because I was telling uh, some people online about this movie, and um, one of them's from Wisconsin, and he said most of it was filmed at UW Madison in uh, you know mm. U- University of Wisconsin. Um, even though they changed the name, they make it like Grand, not Grand Valley because that's a real school. Grand Lakes, and I'm and sure. you see the like helicopter footage when he's driving or you know he's riding in his limo out to the college and i'm like yeah that looks like wisconsin to me sure. just like farms and and whatever and yeah of course danny elfman's music is is easy to spot in this in this soundtrack it's it sounds very like a danny elfman movie but um Yeah, that band probably most well known for this song or maybe uh <laughs> Weird Science. Um Right. And I was like, oh, that's uh that's uh He's he's so goofy looking Daniel. back in the eighties. Yeah, like, for Elfman. sure. He's you can see him now and he's like kind of a normal dude. And you're like, Oh man, that, that, that dude had some fun back then. Um sure. Yeah, the uh the the last thing I wanted to say about that relationship thing was that um She's clearly dating someone else and then fooling around with him. Yet she finds him sitting in a hot tub with girls and she's just like, oh, I can't handle this and runs away. I'm like, wait, what's, wait, a, what? hot, what's a hot tub without bubbles? Hey, bubbles, come <laughs> hey, over bubbles. here. <laughs> it's so, so, so dumb. dumb. <laughs> and, and the, you know, talk about microbiology. <laughs> he comes out of the, the tub. Uh. <laughs> no, it's just it's just so grown worthy the whole time, but in a good way, not not like you know terrible thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, so I liked I, it. I think for me, um, you know, I I sort of knew that you know 
Dangerfield is, you know, he was he was popular in his day and and I think even at the time was still a little bit of a niche act. Um, I agree. I think so, yeah. I I said this off the air, um, but I swear at some point years ago, uh somebody former boss recommended this movie to me and I never got around to watching it, but I had it like on a list and the plot summary said Rodney Dangerfield plays Thornton Mellon, who enrolls as a freshman in college to help out his son, where he struggles to gain respect. And I'm like, oh, of course, this is the Rodney Dangerfield uh, uh, bit. Um, But he never says that line in this movie. And I don't even know that that is his main struggle. Like, he struggles academically, and he struggles with his son, but... For the most part, everybody loves him, or oh, yeah. At, yeah. at least tolerate. There's like the one teacher, um, Hot Lips is not quite really boyfriend, whatever he is. <laughs> Otherwise, the rest of them all like him, especially Dean Martin. Um, D- D- Dean Martin. <laughs> Dean Martin. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you but mean yeah, like the, I, the the kid likes it that that's outside of his his uh, I guess it's his um, dorm. And he's like, this is the best party I've ever been to. Best day of my life before he boots on a on somebody's tire. Yeah. And then the, the police come in carrying the kegs. Yeah, the, 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 the cops show up and they've just got cases of Bud and Miller light. Um, my, my, fa- my favorite line, I will say, that I, that I did have an out, uh, out loud chuckle at was, um, I, well, first off, I appreciated that Kurt Vonnegut opened the door. And that when he's gonna, that was part of it too. I knew there was something else I was gonna, like that would, was great. He's like he's writing a paper about Kurt Vonnegut and he isn't coming right, and then he gets he gets in trouble for it. So my line was like whoever, line, whoever wrote this that, that might have been where I when I where I laughed. She was like whoever wrote this paper doesn't know the first thing about Vonnegut about Kurt Vonnegut, <laughs> and you cut to Dangerfield on the phone. He's like, and another thing, Vonnegut. Next time I'm gonna call Robert Ludlum. That was probably where I, when I laughed out loud. <laughs> Well, you, you forgot his follow up, and he says, "And by the way, read my lips." F you. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Oh God, he's. I was just like, oh, this guy's a riot. So, and he has like NASA do his homework. He's with all the NASA scientists, and he's like, the and brand if you get an a, anything above an A, it goes to Hawaii on the off season. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> joke, and then a non, you know, follow up joke. Um, yeah, for the most part, I think I knew. You know, I knew enough of Dangerfield's shtick that I didn't, uh, you know, I was not expecting high art from this movie. Right, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and As well, you should not. You know, it it mostly delivered. Like, it's, the, you know, the plot is kind of nonsensical and, and convenient. And, you know, of course, the son gets the girl. Of course, the super cute girl that he has a crush on. And, and they do this, they're like... I've loved you for a long time. And I'm like, they've never met. He doesn't love her. He has a crush on her. <laughs> and she's like, right. I love you too. And I'm like, what? It's that this is not okay. Fine. Whatever. You know, but I wasn't, the, the, I wasn't really upset. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's, that's about what I expect this movie to deliver. Right. Yeah. Johnny from credit kid is her boyfriend. And he, he does weird here because he's not like, he looks like he should be the football jock bully, but he doesn't like get physical with him. He just puts him down all the time and then kind of runs away. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, well, who, is this guy? Because yeah, I'm expecting him to, you know, like I said, get, get in a fight or want to, you know, bully right. him that way. But instead, he's just a jerk, I guess, the, the whole time. Which, you know, that, that actor played good jerks in the 80s. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so th- I... I would we didn't, give we didn't it a even talk up. about the diving stuff, which was like oh, the, yeah, the whole there's thing. a whole there's a whole like subplot here indie. that you you kind of maybe have to know a little bit about high diving to appreciate like when they're <laughs> when they're messing up the dives and stuff. I'm like, is that sometimes I could tell. I'm like, okay, that's obviously bad. And then other times, like the crowd is all uh, uh, I don't know, not moaning, but like gasping it as somebody Ooh, bombs yeah. and the judges give him threes there's like a panel of judges like it's the olympics um <laughs> and, and and that they hold up the ticket cards like they hold is up that the cards. was that ever a thing like ever really do they hold up cards above their heads i'm sure at some point i mean <laughs> i don't know the 80s they don't have like computers or anything but um uh yeah i was like why what is this and of course it's all payoff for this ridiculous it's so obvious when it's the stunt double um (laughs) versus you know the the close-ups are danger field and they cut away and i'm like that's not even that's a young like stunt person with a gray wig to look like (laughs) danger field from behind so they could do this ridiculous triple lindy (laughs) <laughs> the triple indie uh, so yeah. so dumb so dumb um but yeah it, it this i i would i give this still gives a thumb thumbs up if there's a you know up to middle to down i'd say up it's light um it's very 80s like what i mean very 80s like this is i'll say often say i don't like the aesthetic of the 70s and that really bummed me out this is one of those it's all so steeped in 80s from everything about it um, so if you mm-hmm. like, if you love the eighties, this is like, Oh yeah, watch this one. Then you're an eighties fan. Uh, watch this. If you, if you hate the eighties look, don't watch this show. Cause it's all that, the, the big hair, the, um, weird outfits. It's just super eighties. Uh, what do we got next week? This is your turn. All right. Um, I'm going to do another lighter one, another comedy. Um, have you ever seen Dinner for Schmucks? I think once a long time ago, and I don't think I watched it all. Not because it was bad. I think it was one of those like I was really tired and late and then fell asleep. Mm. Mm. So, so this this is good. It's yeah. got um, uh, Michael from The Office, right? Yeah, it's Steve Carell and um, Paul Rudd, and a few others. Probably a bunch of other, um, um, you know, SNL alums who uh who show up but, pa- uh, paul red it, and it's um steve carell doing his brick from Ant- 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 from anchorman type like that complete goofy guy right i mean not quite brick level but yeah, a little bit yeah 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 he's more eccentric uh, where where brick is a cliche uh or not cliche is the wrong word is a stereotype of uh um developmentally disabled person but uh, <laughs> crazy i yeah. know uh, that that that's a good one dinner for schmucks i i like that that'll I, let's keep keep the keep the fun stuff rolling uh, i gotta find something fun to put on my list i've got all these like 
my list so far is things like Red Dawn, The Losers, Pride and Prejudice, like, like mm. Rain Man. Those are not ones. What dreams may come. Those are not things that are <laughs> fun and lighthearted. Than lighthearted, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, I got, I got to find some more to put to put on our, our list coming up. Um, okay, so what else we have this week? Um, I played a. I've had a game called Transformers: The Deck Building Game since last Gen Con. It was. Um, it debuted early at Gen Con. Wait, let is me say a, this right. Is that a Cryptozoic? No, it's called Renegade Games. Oh. Um, okay, so let me take it back. Take us way back. It was released early at Gen Con uh, a year prior. So not like last Gen Con, but the year the Gen Con before that. All right. And um, I remember going there, and I hadn't played it. I, and I, I bought it and was real excited about it. Um, I went and remember seeing their booth and they had the GI Joe deck building game and transformers deck building. I'm like, this is for me. I love deck building. And it's my, as dumb as they are, I, I really enjoy them and so transformers. You, so you bought it in 2019. Is that when you, you said, uh, no, it would have been, I see 20, 2021, 21. Okay. Right. Um, so, uh, the, I bought it and it was just like a, it's standalone game and hadn't, hadn't played it. Um, and and I don't know why, because I, I think I always thought it was like a two-player game, but it's actually one of the reasons I got me excited is it, it's one to five players. It's got like a solo mode in it, hmm. or one to six, I should say. All right. Um, and I was like, oh, man. Um, and then, and I've done, evidently, though, I've done a lot of moving and getting my stuff in the last year. Sure, so I sure. Really had, had uh, but then at Gen Con, I went back this year, and they had, like, they've had two expansions and a new big box released for it. So I bought all that okay. stuff. Um, all right. Um, so that, that's all to set up to say that I finally pulled that out and played many times this last week. I think four games I played um, of it. Um, and I like I like it. I mean, I, I like all the things about deck builders. Um, it's I'll explain some differences it does because deck builders, for those that don't know, is that you're given it usually given a, a starting deck of basic cards like mm-hmm. m- one Play a card gives you one money. Play a card gives you one attack. Right? We call punchy and, and bite. Yeah, um, the standard, yeah, the standard sort of format is there are two currencies, right. and whether you start with a deck of ten or a deck of twelve, probably about seventy percent of it is the spending currency, and the rest is the fighting currency. Yeah, and and this is a little. Those ratios are switched for this. Most of them are attack currencies and. Which is actually um, the spendy uh, as well. Some so um, th- this game has m- two currencies as well, but the the one is the buy and attack are the same currency, so you use it for either, which is nice, simple, straightforward. Uh, the other one is movement, uh, movement points. That's the other currency. Is there and it does board? have a range thing. Um, so h- here's how this game sets itself apart from from others um the deck itself you'll start with a deck depending on how many players you're playing and in my case it was let's see 21 26 cards and then 12 in the middle uh so a, a total of 38 cards uh that you're playing in the game when the deck runs out you lose right okay sure. um and and the deck is made uh in some in many games when you're playing uh you'll set up where the bosses are like you shuffle in the bottom ten. You shuffle the second boss in the bot middle something, and you know that how that kind of setup goes in some of these games. Mm-hmm, 
uh, that's how this this game is. So you you have your deck, you kind of arrange it in order, random orders in the middle there. So you have three bosses somewhere in there, and the goal is to defeat the three bosses before your deck runs out, or you take five damage. Sure. Um, and uh, so it, it, you start with your starter cards, um, and you put a matrix out in the middle. And in the solo mode, it's a four by three, so there's twelve cards laying out in a square uh, in front of you. Um, and they're face down. So it's this is kind of like your market in most games where you mm-hmm. buy from. Yeah. Um, but but like as I said, these are face down. And you have a little standee based on the character you have. And you have a character that has special powers uh, that you pick. And they have lots of different characters. And the expansions add more characters that you can play. Um, but you, you put your little standee on a thing. And then when you play cards, it gives you move. So you can move orthogonally from one you know, square to the next. Right. And then you can spend a move to flip over the card to see what's underneath it. Okay. And what's underneath it sometimes is a bad guy who will attack you and ambush you. Sometimes it's a robot uh, ally that you can get. Sometimes it's, uh, it's got all sorts of different card types that are right there that you can get. Um, but you're kind of, uh, what's interesting is that, you know, you want to uncover cards so that you can purchase them and put them, add them into your deck. But by um, flipping over cards, you're speeding up the end of the game type thing. And then, and then eventually it's going to replace that there's going to be a boss in there and you have to be ready to fight him type thing. Um, or he's just going to harry you for, for a long time. And then a second boss will come out at the same time. So you've got to kind of like pick and choose your things. There's a whole bunch of abilities like being able to peek at cards underneath stuff, uh, shoot guys at ranged. Combat's pretty straightforward. It's got a five in the top corner. In the corner, you have to have five attacky to hit it. No, nothing complicated. Um, sure. Now, th- this is all just kind of the basics of the game. There's there's a lot of ins and outs to it. Uh, like you have energon cubes that you can get, and to switch from car mode, what's called alt mode, to robot mode, which you have different powers on the side of the car, you need mm-hmm. to spend an energon resource. Um, and then there are each card has a bonus thing it can do if you spend this other bonus energon resource. Um, so that, it's that's pretty fun, pretty straightforward, uh, not too complicated. Um, I, en- I I I enjoyed that it was combat so simple. My favorite thing about it is that in the base game you play Autobots, and when you flip over a Decepticon card, that's the bad guys. Um, yes. They have in the cor- they have in the corner a cost. That's how much you have to beat them. Right? They're bad guys. Mm-hmm. And you pay the power. But the, but I found it it was really weird that they also had like statistics on the card because if you do the same the the Autobots if they flip over and you see the good guys they also have a cost is the same thing instead of instead of fighting them you buy them and they have stats that give you you know spendy movie or range on it and abilities well the Decepticons had that too but they you never use them you never use those stats or those cards and I I didn't understand why until I opened up. The second big box, which is all Decepticons, and you can play the, the game as good guys or bad guys. Oh, I type see. Thing. Use right? the villain so, cards as your as your your player cards. Correct. Um, That's kind of which, cool. which is re- which is pretty cool, you know. And and now you just got to get like when you buy the expansion, you buy they give you a bunch of Decepticon main characters that you can play as, so that you're running around with that. And they've got a they swap out a couple things too instead of Autobot. Or Decepticon schemes. There's Autobot initiatives. The same thing, just different w- names. Right. 
Um, and uh, it also, this game has a lot of uh, game modes, which I find really cool. And I just read through a couple of them. Solo mode was one of them I, I was mentioning. It plays, it plays really well solo, um, like really well. And it's got um, co-op, so you can play multiplayers. You got to go through before you know anyone takes five damage or the game ends. Um, and uh, you can do competitive, which means you play a Decepticon, I play Autobots, and then the same deck is built that way. But if a card flips up and it's an Autobot for you, you have to fight it. If it and you get it in your deck, uh, if it's a Decepticon, me, it's the other way, right? Mm-hmm. So cards mean different things for us, whether we're going to keep them or we're going to do. And then there's that bit of a PVP in there. If a good card comes up, I will want to run and defeat it so that you can't buy it and put it in your deck. Right? And I, I assume there's like a PVP mode where one player plays Autobots and the other plays Decepticons. There, There's a one versus many mode. So you, you, okay, like you play... Sure. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. That, the one I was just describing is that we're on the same matrix, and if I flip over a card and it's a Decepticon, and I'm playing Autobots, I have to fight it, take it in the ga- out of the game, and put it in my victory points. If it's you, you flip over Decepticon. Oh, you yeah. want to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So we're all in the same matrix running around. Um, and then there's team versus team. You can play as well, so that um, you know we're we're I'm all you know, my team is Autobots, and your teams are Decepticons. Um, and then they've even got really neat things too. Like uh, one of the expansions adds uh, adds cards throughout the deck. You place them strategically to the deck, and when they flip over, they'll do things like you can't um, fight bosses until you complete this one objective type thing and collect these things, turn right, in stuff. Right. So it has a story. It makes a story go with it. Um, and then the last one is um, you can play combiners. There's there's Devastator out right now, so you can play a guy, like one of the main combiners. In the Transformers, it's like five or six robots that turn into one giant robot. Oh, it's Voltron. Um, and then if the other characters are throughout the deck, and if you get them all, then you can turn your character over to like the really super powerful um, thing. But you have to find them, buy them, and get them, and things like that. Sure. So that that's pretty cool. It, it's really fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm really happy. I'm just, I'm just sad that I hadn't played it before on my table now i'll pull it out i just all i played is once through as an autobots once through decepticon or sorry twice through autobots twice through decepticons uh none of the expansion stuff yet um and um yeah it's pretty pretty uh, pretty neat the the expansion so far besides adding those like extra modes in and then allowing you to play decepticons has just like added more characters and just you know different cards and a lot of deck building game expansions add in crazy new mechanics that shake up the whole game and sure. then you're stuck with 20 years of magic the gathering that you don't understand what's what's going on with every card <laughs> uh, th- this didn't do that this has the same kind of build. It just adds more and different kind of stuff with it so yeah. so far there hasn't been any new mechanics a little more uh-huh. like the the lord of the rings game or the yeah yeah exactly characters and and um enemies y- yes yes it's not adding it's not changing the, the core mechanic game uh it's one of the things I really liked about that game too is that you could have so many billion cards, but it's still, in essence, the same the same game. Yeah, um, I need to I need to play that. I, I know I've got that still installed from the the PC version from Steam. Oh yeah, uh, I almost I almost fired up the Steam version the other day. Um, that's a good uh, that's a good segue for my. This is not 
necessarily a whole big topic, but I talked about Steam games last week, uh, City Builder sort of mm-hmm. simulator games. Um, I bought uh, I bought Plan B Terraform. I think I talked about that last week. Um, yeah, yeah. It's early access. Um, all, almost all these, well, all of them are. The ones that aren't early access are not out. They're just demos, so they're not. They're yeah. pre-early access. Um, it, uh, I enjoyed it for a while, but it's it's a thing where you you start on a barren planet and you're harvesting resources and converting them to things to send to your people so that they, the cities will grow. Yeah. Right. And one of the things that you do in the setup is you build the, it's kind of funny, but you build these greenhouse gas generators. So you build these machines and you pump like aluminum and sulfur into them and uh, they put gas in the air and you're very slowly trying to raise the temperature on the planet. Um, Because it's like, it starts at like minus 40 C or something. Oh, Um, wasn't that other game you played trying to make the the planet safe again? So you won't... the temperature to go down or something. Yeah, stop but, global warming and now you're wanting to cause th- global warming. Well, I think I think it the same thing is true here. It's just where that one was more of like a puzzle drop things on the board and stuff happens right away. This is like a a more like a fact a light factorio thing where you're shipping stuff with trucks and conveyor belts. No, there's no conveyor belts. Just trucks and trains send stuff back and forth. And you pump this gas in because the planet's frozen, right? And you want to warm it up so that it becomes habitable. Um, but what happens is the water is like, what the planet gets warm enough and then water starts to spawn. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh man, there's water. So I can build this, you know, I've got a water collector thing. Like previously, the only water I got was from ice that separates into uh, water and nitrogen. And... So I'm like, oh, now I can get water. The problem is the water spawns and I can't tell like where it's coming from because you can build dams. The map is hex, as I said this, but last week, but um, you could build dams to stop the water, but you can't really tell where the water's flowing and it moves really slow. So big sections of my cities or like a whole place where I was mining a bunch of sulfur are underwater and now the buildings don't work. Yeah. Um, and so it's a thing that I think he'll probably have to, you know, I looked on the, on the steam forums and the developer was replying like, yeah, you could do this and this people had some solutions, but he was like, that's on the, on the roadmap, you know, on the, on the Trello board or whatever, uh, for things he has to do. And it's, you know, I'm not upset about it. Like it was like eight or $9. Um, sure. Sure. And it's early access. So you know that that means different things like against the storm is also early access and there's nothing about it that's broken. They're just adding more features to it. Um, I, I did play the crud out of that this weekend. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's why I'm tired right now is up until like two last night. I play one more. I play one more. Well, I hit not a wall, but I hit a point with that game um, where I'd, I'd kind of played it out. Like, um, it gets a little bit the same every time. And I was playing it like one settlement after another. And yeah. so I was looking for something new. So I bought this Plan B Terraform. And I bought it until the water thing. I mean, I played it and, and and dealt with the water for a while. But then I hit a certain point where I was like, this water thing is here. And this isn't working. And I'm like, you know what? 
I think I'm 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 done with this for a while. Um, yeah. I I think that's where I'm at with Against the Storm too. I, I I've hit where you so the, the the driving force with Against the Storm was um, unlocking things on the tree, the unlock tree. You know, like oh, well, get this and get that. Um, but then there's not a lot of real exciting things up a tree. And then like right. you mentioned, the maps. There's only like four different kinds of maps that really do things. Kind of, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm 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 going to play it a little bit more and try to do some I've yet to lose. I'm playing harder and harder difficulties. I, I'm getting ready to do Viceroy now. I, mm-hmm. I'm not bragging about it or anything. I'm just thinking No, that, that's that's I, been my experience too. I know our our friends Pete and Zon started on started on harder difficulties and were failing a lot where yeah. I, you know, just as this is what I do in learning curve like and it's not you know, some games will default to normal and you have to turn it down. This starts you at the lowest difficulty. And so that's what I played on. And once I had done it a couple times, I was like, this is supposed to be kind of roguelike. I bet I can turn it up. And it was a little more intense, but it was fine. And I did it again. I've not tried Viceroy, but I've been playing on Veteran a lot. And still, like, I think only once did I think I was going to lose because I opened a glade that had a a timed event. In 10 minutes, it was going to kill 10 villagers. Uh, and I only yeah. had like 12 and I was like, oh. and I didn't have any of the resources to, to work that, to solve that, that event. And so right. I was like, well, maybe I'll finally lose, but I got a few more settlers and I think did another order that gave me the items and it did go off once, but by then I had like 16 or so. And so I was short on people for a little bit. But there are so many ways to get more people, right? You'll find them in the glades, yeah. or you'll get them with orders, or they come like every uh, drizzle season or whatever. Right. Um, and so I survived. But anyway, I was looking for another game. And yeah. um, our buddy Aaron posted a YouTube video with the guys like um, top five. Uh, I forget what he called them, like Town Builder something games of 22. and So they're all new. Um, and they're all early access, none of them with demos. A couple of them were even on the Epic Store, which I try to avoid whenever possible. <laughs> um, but I looked at a couple of them in the videos and wishlisted them. And so when I, I got burned out on Plan B Terraform, I had nothing else to do um i probably should have fired up stray which i bought that game with the cat um and i also thought about uh uh doing the the lord of the rings thing but instead i went and looked at the wish list and i was like maybe i'll buy the cheapest one of these because they're all like 17 dollars 20 22 dollars or the one i ended up buying was 30 dollars and i'm like (laughs) i just got done saying i'm not going to spend over 20 dollars for an early access game but I looked at some of the reviews, and I knew it was on the, the the video. And I was like, this one looks the most fun. Like, this looks like something I want to play. Um, it's right. called Captain of Industry. Okay. Um, and how to describe this game? Um, Are you a captain, captain of industry? A little bit. A little bit. So... Imagine some of the mechanics of Against the Storm, um, but the maps aren't pre-generated. Um, there are just a handful 
and they're the same. Like everybody who plays this starter map plays the same map. Um, but instead of like fantasy, you know, little beaver men or whatever, your units are just vehicles. Um, okay. You have a ship that comes to the island and I don't know, sets up a loading dock and a settlement. Um, but that already happens when you load the game. And then you have a bunch of trucks. They're just little pickup trucks. And you issue orders just like you do in Against the Storm. Like, I want to build this building here. And it sets the blueprint down. The trucks go to the storage buildings and get the parts, drive out there, and the buildings build. Um, okay. And so they're like they're like robots, but they're little trucks. And then... Um, there, yeah, and then there are resources just like um, Factorio, except they're more like Minecraft, um, except with voxels instead of well, the I think the cubes are the cubes. I don't know, whatever. Um, it's it's three D, right? Where Factorio is two D, and you just oh, drill right. the minerals from the ground. Um, in this game, there's like a mountain. Not a mountain, but a you know a hill that's made out of iron ore and with you know dirt and stone and stuff around it. Um, and what else is that like? That's a little bit like RimWorld. I don't know if you played that, but um, you build a excavator, right? A big um, uh, like lo looks kind of like a backhoe, right? It's got tank treads. And a big sure. um, articulating arm with a with a bucket on the end of it. Yeah. And um, you mark on the ground the height, right? Because it's in 3D. You're like, I want to mine this to this level. And the excavator will roll over there. You assign it a couple of trucks. And it scoops stuff out of the ground. It dumps them in the trucks. And then the trucks will do whatever with it. And you'll get a little warning if they can't, if they don't have a... Um, if they don't have anywhere to take it, right? And so you designate other places on the ground, like off on the coast is what I've been doing, and they'll go dump the dirt over there, and they'll take the ore and put it in a hopper so it can go into a smelter, and you get all the machines and stuff just like Factorio. So it's this, it's this interesting sort of intersection between Factorio, but in 3D, um, but with the, like, um, like the camera only view of like SimCity or Against a Storm, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're not a little guy. You have these little worker drones that do all the work, and you just zip around back and forth. And it's got a a um clock speed control. Um, and you do all this stuff, right? You've got research, just like Factorio, and th there's a research building, and it does the whole first tier of research with no inputs and then once you get the second tier you have to put lab materials into it so you need factories to make those and then you've got your your town um which is just a little block of like housing and it has needs right you have to get food in so you have to put farms and the farms um first they just need to be on um ground where there's water right groundwater yeah. And then eventually you can upgrade those to irrigated farms, but you have to supply those with water. 
and then you can get fertilizer. But to get fertilizer, you've got to take something and turn it into compost and then add something to that compost and, and nitrogen, I think, and, and um, or not nitrogen, that's something else, whatever. And then turn it into fertilizer. But, but um, then you have to get the fertilizer to the farms. And okay. anything can be moved with the trucks, right? If If a building has a need and it exists you have some of it somewhere on the on the island the truck will go and get it and take it to the building Um, but but that's inefficient right so if it's close enough you can run conveyor belts or pipes there's actually three kinds um factorial only has two it's technically four but um there are conveyor belts that move like solid discrete items right like iron plates and okay. there are, um, they call U-shaped conveyors, which are like, um, like gutters on a house. Okay. Those will move loose items like dirt or, or, or whatever. And then there are pipes that move liquids like water or compost, uh, not compost, um, fertilizer. Um, and then there's a third one just for like hot stuff, right? Cause you have to, um, melt uh is that the word smelt i guess smelt um you have to turn the ore into liquid and then turn the liquid send the liquid into a machine that presses it into plates and there's a separate kind of um conveyor just for that molten metal um very very factorial-ish yeah and so you get all these things and then you have to deal with like where can the trucks get right because they they're not flying they're not robots they have to drive around on the ground so the the ground has to be flat and if you mine uh, if you have the excavator dig in a certain way vehicles can get stuck and then there's this um this mechanic that i've never seen uh though has probably been done before that the, in the game they call unity um and it's like you're magic currency um if your people are happy uh they generate unity right and it'll show you on one of the little stats displays like your total amount of unity and the rate that it's changing could be going up or going down yeah and if and if your people are happy um you're either taking getting more people if you you'd like set up a beacon and refugees come in. But once you have enough people, you can turn that off and the population will just gradually increase like in SimCity. Um, If the people are happy, the population grows and unity goes up. And so you have a pool of it. And then if you need it, you use it, you spend it for different things. Like um, there's a whole map view where there are locations around the island where you can send your ship to go explore and then there are enemies so you mount weapons on your ship once you upgrade them once you research them you put weapons on the ship and then send it and it'll go fight those enemies and it'll find stuff and you'll find um um resources off-site like an oil rig um and then you find an and uh you find a wrecked ship and repair it and then build a cargo dock and so when when that um when that oil rig has enough crude oil your cargo ship will go get it and bring it back 
And so you, you can get resources from off the island because the, you know, you're on a fixed island. It's the, some resources are limited or will run out. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, unity. So you'll find other settlements and they'll trade with you, right? So if you're in a situation where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm out of uh, coal and, you know, I, it's going to take too long to get more or I'm out of diesel and I don't have it because all the trucks run on diesel. Um, I'm out of diesel and I don't have any crude oil uh, to make more. And my trucks are going to stop working because they don't have fuel. And I can go to the other village and trade with them. And they'll trade one resource for another. But you have to spend a little bit of unity to do that trade. Um, because it's kind of like... Um, it's used a little bit like magic. Um, okay. It's not really magic. But like... This is where I went off on this, on this whole thing about the unity. Uh, if you are low on something you can boost a building um that will double its production speed and like half the resources that it needs or something like where normally it would take i don't know four iron plates to make a a construction part now it'll only take two and it'll run twice as fast and won't use electricity um but to do that costs you unity over time Right. So you'd like, oh, I can click this and it's going to cost me 0.25 unity every minute or whatever, or whatever the time scale is. Right. Um, and if uh, I talked about the vehicles getting stuck, if a vehicle gets stuck, you can use the excavator. Sometimes they'll just get stuck because the ground is uneven and eventually the excavator is going to level it out and they'll be able to get out of there. But sometimes they get stuck. And okay. You can click a button and for like 0.2 unity or something like that, it'll just respawn that truck. It'll despawn it. It'll respawn at the building that makes vehicles and it'll drive back out and keep going like from the other side. Sometimes it'll be on the other side of passable terrain or whatever. Um, But it's an interesting sort of way to like, it incentivizes you to keep the people happy, of course. Um, but then also becomes this currency you can use if you get in a jam with a resource shortage or or something like that. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. I've played the hell out of it the last four days. <laughs> it, 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 uh-huh. Is it uh, is it giving you the same vibes as the, the feeling vibes that Factorio did where you're like, hey, I like run into their zen kind of stuff. You said put you in the mode. A little bit, yeah, where there's just kind of like you're building up a thing. You're like, oh, I want to make, you know, um, the people all have food, but I want to make snacks. Like they just define as snacks, which is like you can take corn and salt and cooking oil, all of which are made different ways. Like you have to pump seawater and evaporate the water out of it to get salt and you get cooking oil from processing um, some of the other foods, canola and soybeans and stuff, and and then some vegetable, right? So you take potatoes, cooking oil, salt, and that makes snacks, except you need plastic. So I'm like, oh, how do I make plastic? Okay, well, I need naphtha. 
and that's like the fourth stage in in um oil refining right and i'm like okay well i can't fit that in here because i built everything really tight and it's right next to my power plant so let me build new power plants over here so that i can delete these and then expand all that out and then while that's happening three other things go wrong um but unlike factorio where i have to run my little guy over there i just zoom the map over and go oh this this mine uh tower is out of stuff to mine so i'll just give it a few more blocks to to go and then you know oh we're short on food so let me upgrade a couple more of these farms and make sure they're getting the the better fer the upgraded fertilizer and just like <laughs> it's all that kind of like task mm -hmm. uh, uh whack-a-mole kind of stuff that i it that i get it makes into. you feel good to, to check off something off the list mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i have the, the, a game I still have on my, on my Steam list, not on my list, but I actually bought, there's two of them that I bought, as we always do, and not played yet. Um, I, I really want, I bought um, a game called, it's it's two years old now, as of like next month, called Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's a mm -hmm. Metroidvania game that looks really beautiful and got, it's got like 9.9 .9 out of 10 for all sorts of reviews. Everybody, sure, sure. I, I hadn't heard about it before, and then I I saw a kind of a review of it, and I think it was on sale. Um, it's a sequel like, to Ori and the Blind Forest. Right? Yeah, it's the yeah. sequel, and, they, and, they, and I guess it's one of those like uh, they took everything, any complaint about the first one, and made it a hundred times better, even and beautiful. Yeah, I've never played that, but I I hear it come up once in a while. All right, so I, I've got that, and it's sitting there right. The, the icon is right in the middle of my my uh, monitor, <laughs> so so that I, I play that one. I'm, I'm obviously still playing Marvel's uh, Midnight Suns, and um, mm. uh, I, I think I, I, I is. Now that I sell these things, I think it is time to uh, take time off from Against the Storm. Uh, as, as enjoyable as that is, it does take up an hour and a half, at least for me, per play. And it's not a whole lot of, of new thing, new content. So I've got enough games to play that I do. So I need to go back to Midnight Suns, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And then I did buy that Pathfinder game, mm. um, the Wrath of the Righteous Enhanced Edition. Okay. Um, that that one is obviously going to be longer because it's RPG. Um, right. But uh, I, I think I'm going to do finish playing through Midnight Suns uh, before I do anything, and I and I still on my PlayStation. When the kids are on the computer, I'll I'll throw the PlayStation up, and and um, I did play some Destiny two because it was this month's one of the the free games on um, PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation, right? And uh, it it's it's fun. I I when Destiny two first came out, I played the crud out of it. I really liked it. It has a weird Destiny has a weird thing though where it's it's a shooter, right? Yeah, I um, I bought I bought Destiny 2 and played it too. And then uh, once we got to the multiplayer stuff, I did it once or twice and it's like, yeah, I'm okay with this. And I've heard that they've added and improved a lot of the systems and things since then because I bought it like pretty close to release day. Um, yeah, I think some I, of our I, friends I, were going to play. I never played Destiny 2. I played Destiny One, um, but but the way I understand it, and, I, and I pl I'm playing through this one, I can tell it's it's like they just added on. It's more like Destiny Two was a major expansion to Destiny One because they like mm. just improved and overhauled things. But anyway, it, it, it's I will say this: it's a game that's been out for a while, and you know yeah. that's why you can get it on PlayStation. And it's really overwhelming, not understanding anything. It there is not <laughs> a 
an easy path to understand what's going on, what you're supposed to be doing. It's sure. very confusing. Um, and the interface, and a lot it's of it has a little to do bit with of the, that. You've got a little bit of that old MMO uh, yeah. creep. Yeah, it's it's uh, yes, because Fe- the, the way creep. this the way this game worked was that um, in the Destiny game before it was you have a kind of like a solar system map, but it doesn't look like the solar system. Like you'd think it was like with the sun at its center and the stuff. It has things like Europa is an, is a location, for example, that's a, it's a moon of, of Jupiter. Jupiter. Um, And it is a huge like planet looking thing on your solar map. And earth is real small. And then Mars is bigger. Like it doesn't make any sense from where they are or anything. It's just what it is. Um, and so you think it's our solar system, but it is, but I don't know. But anyway, the game is made in that it has gigantic over like worlds, right? Like huge open maps. And, and then they, the story is told that you go into an instance of a section of that map and fight through it. Right. Um, and then once you finish fighting through that story mode of it, you kind of like, immediately get transitioned into the open world. The rest of the map kind of opens up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but you can always just go down to the, the, to the open world and run around and fight things and do like public quests and things. Um, and, but it always bothered me because these, I guess you can call them dungeons, but these like story sections happen in the same places all the time. Like I'll, I'll go back to the same dungeon and play through it, through it like six times right. with different stories and, you know, but it's the same level, right? Like I have to hop over here to get to this thing. And then, oh, this is the big open atrium chapel area. And now there's a boss in there, right? Whereas before, last time I hear there wasn't a boss. But it's basically still the same maps, just switching things around. And that mm-hmm. kind of got old. Um, and the story is very confusing. It's like very, very confusing. You don't know what's going on. And it really bothered me that... It's very story based, which is I kind of like for a first person shooter, right? Mm-hmm, Destiny mm-hmm. and Destiny Two, that you're going through, you're telling the story, whatever. But then as soon as you get to do anything, it's time for raiding, and you never know what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which is I know that happens in MMOs, but this is was so so like I played the game single player for the whole time, and you know. You, you get to where you're going to get ready to fight the Lich King, but you, you can never, you never find out what happens. And, and it's, it was real frustrating and it sure. made me not want to play this one anymore. I play, like I said, I played it, I loaded it up, played it. I enjoy shooting things. I might do it if I want to shoot things. Um, cause it's not difficult. And I like that. It's got a, the class system's pretty neat. Um, but I don't want to get involved in the story. I don't want to read the stories. Um, mm. because it's going to end up where I have to play with like 10 people. Right. Sure. To to do it. Um, and I, I mentioned the whole system thing is confusing. There's like the game is made to be to sell expansions. Right. So you have right, or right. stories. Um, yeah, so you yeah. open up the, the big map and there's just all these like hooks for stories everywhere. And you don't know what's the right story to be doing or because they're they're kind of self-contained. So you, they don't necessarily have to be played in any order. But. I just don't know what I'm doing half the time. Okay. I think right. this is the thing and it's taking me to the planet, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> and it has, and it has that real bad problem of not calling things what everybody knows them to be. 
um, transmog for one of those things, for example, um, they call it the thread weave or the sense weave thing. And you're like, <laughs> what is this? Que- what are they trying to do? And then it's just, so, they make the interface intentionally cryptic. So you don't know what you're doing, which is basically just changing the skins. Like it should just call them skins for the thing, but instead they call them graphs or something. Right. It's, it's, it, this game does that so much that it's very, very difficult to understand what, what they're trying to want you to do. Um, it's like that, uh, um, I don't think it was a meme. It was probably just somebody, somebody on Twitter um, talking about fantasy novels. And they're like, you can, you can often judge the quality of a fantasy novel by how many normal things they've given a different name to. The author, the author has renamed like, yes, um, wheel of time was pretty bad about that. Um, like they had tabak instead of tobacco and, um, like they still had sheep and wool. Like, why didn't you just say that one? I could see like maybe for some kind of censorship, but it was clearly tobacco. Like they packed it in pipes and smoked it. Like, right. that's, what, that's what it was. Um, it, yeah. Same thing yeah. with this game. It's just, it's it doesn't need to be that way. It adds so much level to an already complex game. I, I don't. I, I know I'm knocking Destiny 2. Playing it is very fun. Like, when I actually right. get past the interface of getting into a thing, it's very, very fun. It, it handles really well. The shooting part of it is, like, one of the best shooters. The guns are very interesting and varied. The the class powers are neat and power up the, the the different looks and items you can get. There's so many variations of looks you can have for your characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like playing it is really, really fun. It's just the interface to like the menu, I guess is what you said, the menu mm-hmm. to get into it is so in your way. And then when you have to go like visit town, everything is so confusing and all the people speak in riddles even the merchants <laughs> speak in riddles and you're like, I just want, what's the buy button and the sell button. And there's like, <laughs> not even dismantle. It's like disconfigurate or something. You're like, Ugh, what am I supposed to do this? I don't, you know, so right. it, yeah, that I, I really didn't mean to get on the destiny thing, but that is what I played a little bit of. Um, and I, I won't play them, but my PlayStation is still um, reserved for um, horizon um, Forbidden West, Forbidden West. Um, which, which I, I still really am enjoying that game. So um, going back and forth to that one. So yeah, I got, I got a lot to play. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the, the things that I have out here um, to play. I have, I do, you know, when we all bought that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, remember that? Um, mm, no. Shredder's, Shredder's Revenge. I think it was a couple of guys were like, on display. I, I played that for the first time last week. I owned it and it was like, okay, this is exactly what I remembered. I thought it was going to be an updated thing. Or a new, like, modern day version? No, it's terrible. It's still, like, just jam on the A button the whole time. Mm. And, and that's it. Um, I'm, I'm sure people out there are like, those are the best. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> what, what um, I assume that you have not yet seen the most recent The Last of Us? I have not. Um, it was out yesterday. Yeah, I can't, and... it was out last night. When I, when I finally uh, uh, exited out of captain of industry i was like it's hard for me to go straight to bed after playing a kind of real thinky video game yeah um and so i was like oh something to watch and i'm like oh shoot there's a new last of us 
Mm. And and so I watched it at like 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll so we'll we'll save that for next week. Um, did you watch? I, I know the answer to this already, but in we've got about ten minutes. Do you want to talk about season three, episode one of Star Trek Picard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's force ourselves to to wait ten minutes. Um, uh, it's what all the Picard should have been, right? So far, it's only one episode. We, you know, we right? Can, yeah, it can get terrible. <laughs> like yeah. cautiously optimistic, right? Um, right. We don't have For- to get into. Sp- get into spoilers we'll just talk at a high level here but um i I love jonathan frakes who doesn't like jonathan frakes like jonathan frakes is great even um that's Riker for those who don't know yeah Riker, and he he was in the first season um and he was great in the first season but yeah it's a weird and i don't know it's again it's very early to tell um i'm also not i'm not a fan of like saying a thing isn't a thing right like like (laughs) saying saying discovery isn't star trek or saying picard season two isn't star it clearly was star trek um but they the the creators of this series seem to really and i don't know the timelines probably isn't true at all but um i get the impression that they are taking note of the success and popularity of strange new worlds. Um, and, and maybe to a lesser extent, lower decks, like, like they're star Treks are different, right? Like deep space nine is very different from next generation or Voyager. And even Voyager is fairly different from next generation. Um, all three are very different from the original series. Um, but there is something that people wanted from a Picard show and it was, to my mind, next generation stuff, right? Not weird, uh, Federation being a thinly veiled analogy for xenophobic America or (laughs) any of like, yes, Star Trek has always had social political and social commentary like baked into its setting like since the original since gene roddenberry invented this like utopian future but you know the that wasn't wrong what was wrong with the first two seasons picard what was wrong was the story wasn't interesting a lot of the characters were not compelling so much stuff with data and the weird daughter romulan stuff or, and or, or or worse that it was an entire like therapy session for him in season two mm. with, with his childhood remember and the, the yeah ran- and random mom. retconning picard's childhood um very heavy-handed like young guinan stuff um yeah, yeah. anyway anyway well I, um, I i will i will say that i wish that was the truth about them learning from strange new worlds but but the the honest thing is I, I kind of know um, they filmed Picard season two and three back to back. So they yeah. strange new worlds wasn't out or hadn't really even been seen too much. And they, they'd already written and done uh, Picard three before strange new worlds was written. Yeah. So, I mean, and you could go back to season two of discovery, but obviously the showrunners of discovery 
didn't learn like i think all all the people who made season two of discovery moved to strange new worlds yeah sure um, sure or something but uh yeah there's very like the ships look right there's a lot of a lot of uh homages to the old music in the scores and the the the, the, the main theme is like next generation stuff right yeah it's like a it's like an updated next generation theme yeah, which is which was just made me happy. It's just, just happy. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. the the thing is, is that um, uh, Patrick Stewart did not want to come back and play this character again. He had long said he didn't. He was fine with it. He was done. It was a wonderful right. part of his life. He enjoyed it, but he just moved on. But he perfectly did get, understandable. Yes, per- totally. But he he was convinced to come back to play him uh, with the. He was very strong. He said this in many interviews that he was uh, convinced to come back, but he would be playing a different thing there'd be it's not thing yeah. which which is basically saying it's he didn't want to play the same star trek and that's kind of sure. what you're describing and what we all heard and what was written it wasn't it wasn't a next generation because that's what patrick stewart wanted he did not want it when he read a script and if it was too next generation he was out so they sure. had to write something that wasn't what it was which which ultimately is not what people wanted right now this well, third season uh, it would have been fine if if that something else was good was also it good, wasn't right. <laughs> yeah right but 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 honestly you don't need like a an 80 year old picard patrick stewart in, in a new trick just make make a new one but but anyway um this trying to say to the 10 minutes this um third season is the opposite of that uh patrick stewart was happy with the idea that they're ending it with all of his friends that it, it's going back to that playing playing the old you know now that he's kind of taking this character a little bit for two seasons. Now he's happy to cap it off with like very next generation stuff. One last for one last hurrah. And since he's like that, it feels like that's when the writers took the, took the cue to like, okay, now we'll write what we finally want to write is a next generation thing. Yeah. That but, 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 but we're, we're, we're not there yet. I, you know, we're just too excited on this one thing, but I, I, I like um, Picard and Riker a lot. Um, mm-hmm. t- I yeah. think, I think Riker, makes picard better um because picard is just like patrick stewart has just changed so much and the way he like that character doesn't feel the same picard at all like he doesn't feel like it's the same person in season one and season two in the next generation he was so commanding and in charge and respectful and and this one he feels just like a decrepit old guy um and seems to be walking around where, where where's his uh um where's his walker it feels like it should be um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but when he when he's on there with with Frakes now they seem to have this thing that together yeah. they're okay, um, and I thought um, Crusher, which even though she wasn't in it very much, at least at this episode, um, was pretty yeah. great. She was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, we're not doing spoilers, but there's a spoiler with her, which is kind of interesting. Um, there at the end, yeah, yeah, and uh, how do I say go into spoilers but not go to spoilers? Do you, do you? I want to ask if you think what I think who that is. Oh, I I don't know enough of the next generation lore to uh, to have any theories on that. Well, they they don't. That's that's one of the things that there's nothing like they didn't really explain anything about Beverly except that she was part of a starship captain. I think that was in one of the the movies or something. But then no one's ever talked about Beverly in anything ever since. So this is the first time you get something. Um, and yeah. all we got was that she was missing. She just left everybody for 20 years out of the blue and then for no reason. Um, yeah. And now we kind of know why, but the question is, is like, who is that? And I'd like for it to be who I think it is. 
Um, sure. But how do I, uh, you know, anyway, um, it, let's put it there. It's the name of the show um, is what, what I'll say, mm. which, which, which is an, a way for if that's where they're going. Man, I'm trying to skirt spoilers here. Uh, if this is the way they're going, this is a way they can make this show continue to go on. Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, they've got um, LeVar Burton's, uh, it's his daughter? Yeah, they, there's, doesn't he have two daughters in this? Because I, I, I believe they just introduced the, the pilot one. I think he's got another one that's an actual engineer. Okay. Like, like his real life. I don't know if he's got, those are both his real life daughters, but I know the one that they've shown in pictures, she's got an engineering suit on. And he's in in the scene and has an engineering suit on, uh, or he's he's a captain, I think. Um, sure. But they they talked about how um, he had an interview saying that he never realized how touching it would be to him when he turned around, and he said the gift that he talks about the gift that Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry gave him in life, mm. and that the way it made him feel to turn around and the second gift that his kid could not just enjoy it, but also be a major part of it was something that he will never have the words to express that, the, that gift. I thought that's a, such a neat thing to say. It's, that's super um, sweet. Yeah. It was like, you know, that's, you know, he's blessed. He's one of those guys that had never, he was never like a oh, star Trek thing. He's always loved that, you know, the, the Trek stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that, that he wasn't in this episode, um, but it, it looks very cool. Um, I, enjoyed the different take on the star trek captain can i say that much Mm, sure yeah not that it's to be enjoyed but i like that it wasn't a classic star trek captain uh so so that we can have a different play on a captain uh thing there i don't know where they're going to go with him um yeah it's it's not it's not something like we get that a lot uh I don't know. This isn't really a spoiler, but we get that <laughs> we we get that a lot with Kirk, right? Like, yeah, in the original series, like he was this frontier cowboy kind of captain, um, and especially in the Abrams movies, like he's always getting reprimanded by command and you know, sort of derided by the other captains. We don't get that as much from the next generation because. Picard is so, um, what's the word? Straight laced or by the book. Straight laced or, or mature than, uh, than Kirk. Um, but it is funny to have that because it is kind of what they're doing. Um, uh, Picard and Riker, but yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I, after season two, I was prepared to, just almost pass on it but sure sure. um yeah i'm i'm excited for it i I got a question uh, do you think that uh there was a line in here that's the only question i've got for you that there's a line in here where Riker kind of mentions that uh uh deanna and his daughter needed time away from him do you think they're having troubles was that was that a they're having troubles line or that was heavily implied okay Uh, i I wasn't sure because that could have been read different like if he'd acted it different way and like oh they they just need some time away from old dad type yeah he didn't he didn't seem to be playing it for laughs yeah it seemed to be playing it for like we're going through some troubles right now which is like no i mean like cool not not cool but you want to be happy forever but you know like realistic cool sure they're they're, uh 
those two characters were never a perfect couple, you know? Right. So right. That, that's cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I like it. I'm really happy, super surprised about it. And always when I see things like this, it always makes me like want to go and give a new season of Discovery a try and see if they've changed it. Then I watch one episode and I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Michael Burnham's crying again. So Right, right. <laughs> I stuck with that for so long. But now it's not the only Star Trek. When it was the it's only Star Trek, Trek, I suffered through it. But we've got, you know, Lower Decks is mostly just goofy. But it's it's still fine. Strange New Worlds is amazing. I'm cautiously optimistic about Picard season three. And then if all else fails, there's always the Orville. There's always the Orville. I wonder if it's gonna have another season. I, I Yeah, I don't know. it it felt well, in some ways they wrapped it up, but they could do another season. Oh, I would I would I would watch the heck out of it. The uh I, I'm watching Voyager. I mentioned you're know, watching Voyager again. And um I you know, when I, I step back and look at this from like a real world timeline. Um, I'm kind of amazed at the, like we're experiencing a new resurgence in a timeline of, of Trek, um, in the real world. And, and, but back then in the nineties, um, and late eighties, it was, it was that same way. Like, uh, when Voyager came out, um, next generation was already over. So, right. That it was, if you were watching it in real time, you had already had seven years of the next generation and that was done. And now they're putting out a different show and it's a different captain and it's a whole different, you can't watch them like we're watching. Oh, I don't like discovery. I'll go watch this other thing. You just have this. I think they actually had deep space nine on at the same time, but they're very yeah, different shows. Yeah. Um, DS9 started before like season six or seven of, uh, of, next generation. of, of next gen, because when next generation ends is when Worf um, joins Oh. Yeah, he's, the, right. the actor's got to find some work right, right, right in there, right? <laughs> right. Or, you know, he he wanted to play the character and it made sense. Yeah. Um, well, he, he because he starts, you know, in Next Generation, he starts young, right? He's he's just a lieutenant. Yeah. Um, and so it makes sense. But yeah, at at most, I don't think I don't think like 90s era Trek ever had more than two at a time but even having two at a time was a little bit wild yeah and for now sure. we've got like four or five well well the thing with uh, but it's, we, that's y- how all media is these days yeah well you know to, the, what i kind of wanted to bring it together with this topic is that um we've said this multiple times that sometimes series need a season or two to get underneath their belt before they understand the characters they understand what they want to tell etc etc um sure this we it seems the same could be said we, about this edition of Star Trek as well. This uh, not edition, but this season of Star Trek maybe, um, mm. b- because Star Trek back in the eighties and nineties was the same way as well. The first season or two wasn't great in Next Generation, and they got into, into their groove. And then Deep Space Nine had a better launch than it was. And I watching the first season of Voyager is like they never missed a beat this is exactly star trek and it's exactly things and the characters are there and the writers know what they're doing and it's like they know what at this point they're very comfortable with what the star trek world is and, and yeah well well next generation uh, we're over our 10 minutes here but um <laughs> next generation it's it's like watching the first season of the rebooted doctor who right like it's been decades in star trek's case like 20 plus years no not 20 close to 20 years um and you know 
the culture is different, right? It's the late yeah. 80s. It's not the late 60s anymore. Yeah. Um, everything's different. And so it's very different. And they're, they're still trying to figure out what they're doing, right? The writers, the actors, everybody. Um, yeah. The same was true with, with Doctor Who. Um, for and, and the same as with Discovery. Like, even not 20 years after, you know, say yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, Discovery, same thing. Like, they did the 490 shows, and then they did Enterprise. And people watched Enterprise, but it wasn't very good. Um, I liked it just because it was new, but I still, you know, by the end was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, but in the case of Voyager and Deep Space Nine, I think both of those shows were spun off by creators of, uh, you know, who worked on Next Generation and knew what they wanted to do, right? Yeah. They were, they worked under Roddenberry's sort of, you know, the iron thumb that's not a thing mm -hmm. um sure. uh restrictions of what the show could be like what was allowed and what wasn't they couldn't have drama within the crew right the crew right. were a family who got along and all the conflict came from outside and at one level you're like okay that that makes sense, right? It's this sort of utopian setting, but from the perspective of a writer, a television writer, you're like, okay, we, we gotta, we gotta invent another alien of the week because yeah. we can't, we've got to have drama. That's what a story is. Right. Um, and it can't but, come but from go, here. If you so go too much, you get Battlestar Galactica. You go the other way. <laughs> right. Right. We're and, and that's, and that's a lot what, um, I mean, it's the same, like, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Ronald Moore, Ronald D. Moore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, who made the, the Battlestar Galactica reboot, worked on Deep Space Nine. Deep mm. Space Nine is almost a direct, like, uh, uh, answer, rejection of that. Yeah. Of no, Like, okay, we're going to do a show on a space station. There's no, like, it's going to be real difficult to do Alien of the Week. Because the, st the station doesn't move. The story right. has to come to us. And so, so much of the story story, and stories in Deep Space Nine are person stories, are people stories about the crew, right? The, the, right? the different factions and the different grudges and the histories and the, and the subtle politics and, and all that stuff. And in some ways, it's like the opposite of Next Generation. Yeah. The, uh, so so I, I point to that you mentioned... Um, people coming to Voyager was from other shows. And I, and I, I point to the similarities of how strange new worlds is coming from like discovery and they're doing things and they're moving through, right. and, you know, they know what they want it to be now and they make this thing. And yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at this perspective of, of the era of star Trek now, maybe in a different light when we see it all put together and um, yeah. yeah. And it's, and I think it's pretty hard these days to, to give a show a whole season to figure out what it is. Like there's way too much content out there to, yeah, to, 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 to put up with that. I don't know there's, there's a kinder way to say that. Well, and, and, and I always go back to the Orville, you know, the, this latest season of Orville of, of, you know, sometimes you're right. You, you don't want to give it a whole season, but if you give it a whole season, then it's excellent. Right. But if you don't give it a whole season, then it's probably terrible. Yeah, that was that was less them figuring out what they were going to do and us figuring out what they were doing. Right. Right. Because they, you know, for the first 
first like half of the season were like, what is this? This is not well, you, good. I don't, like, now they've all gone back. Uh, the site still Netflix holding out the, to not dumping seasons on us all at once anymore. So the, the, the writers of the last 10, 15 years can't just write an entire one story for a whole season and, and expect people to binge it all the way through. Now you actually have to watch it week to week. And if you get slow because you're writing a slow on a 13 episode show with one story that's boring, then you're going to lose people. You know, mm-hmm. you could, you, I guarantee you if Stranger Things season, I don't know, three or something was, was released one week at a time, people would stop watching halfway through, you know? Yeah. But, but because you can binge it, you're like, okay, that was, that was boring. I'll go to the next one. Okay. That one was boring. I'll go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're, when you're, when you're watching um, shows now, you have to kind of make every episode, you know, interesting as well. Yeah. Love that. To, to keep people. Anyway, we went over on our trek, as usual. All ten right. minutes over. Yep. So we'll yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should have known better than with ten minutes left. But mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on this season and we'll talk about more as it goes. Yeah. Okay. You've been listening to the Front Porch. It's episode two hundred and eighty five. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out for reviews on things. If you want to email us your favorite of the twenty seven Star Trek series that have been and are being made, uh, you can do that <laughs> via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com, or you can go to our web website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there to reach out to us. If you enjoy the front porch, please consider... Why did I write this like this? It's, it's, it's <laughs> difficult to say. Uh, subscribe on the app you use for podcasts, and leave us a review. Uh, we appreciate that. It helps out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.